Blog Talk Radio. life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now, where you can send your questions, comments, or even prayer requests. Also, for those who would like to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart Live, you're welcome to go on Facebook, YouTube, or even on our website which is brotherprater.com forward slash reconnect my heart live. We are on the air right now. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. 
So on the second show in Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we will have a conversation with a very special guest. She's been here before. We're going to talk about the myths and also the facts about human trafficking. We're going to talk about that and much more in the episode called What You Don't Know About Domestic Violence. So I would like to introduce to some and present to others our very own Miss Nicole Craig at this time. How you doing today, ma'am? One second. Okay, got you on them now. How you doing today, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. Um, For those that don't know, we actually had a speaking engagement yesterday um, with our very own Miss Crystal Floyd uh, about domestic violence awareness. We had a great, great time. Great program and Ms. Craig actually gave a great, great word of advice to us and very informative about domestic violence. And especially now, I think many people, they may not either be aware of the importance of the information that we need to know about domestic violence. And also sometimes they may feel like, well, you know what, Um, that happened somewhere else they don't happen here in our in our city or even in our state you know um they happen overseas but it doesn't happen here um what do you want to tell the people that may feel that way <laughs> well first of all a lot of people don't know about human trafficking mm-hmm. um, because i was one of those people i learned about human trafficking a few years ago um, when I took a class about it. Uh, I had no idea about human trafficking. I had no idea what it was. I've never even heard what human trafficking is. And you one might say, what does human trafficking have to do with domestic violence? They are, they parallel. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking is a form of slavery. Mm. And basically, human trafficking um, is forced fraud or coercion. And when you talk about domestic violence, what does a man do to a woman? He forces them to do things they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. He coerces them into doing things they don't want to do. Uh-huh. And it's basically for the sale or use of commercial sex. And a lot of times with human trafficking, it involves recruiting, it involves moving a person from one place to the other. It also involves transporting the person. And human trafficking right now involves children, it involves women, it involves young boys. And a lot of times women are trafficked by their own husbands, Hmm. especially in domestic violence, simply because when that man has that power over that mind, it's psychological. And so when that man has that power over that mind, that wife or that fiancé or that girlfriend is going to do whatever that man tells them to do because they're afraid. 
And so a lot of times human trafficking does parallel with domestic violence. Now, what's the thing about human trafficking? A lot of times the entry of human trafficking in the sex trade world, a lot of times the girls enter into that into that world at the age of 12. And some may say, oh, my God, why? Or what's the reason that a girl that's 12 years old will be out trafficking? Or how does a young girl at the age of 12 get into that situation? Well, think about it. If that child is at home in a domestic violence world and parents at home fussing and fighting all the time, Mm-hmm. Or that parent or that child come from a poverty stricken home or two parent home that they don't wanna um follow the rules. Because a lot of times people have this myth about human trafficking where trafficking the young girl or young boy come from a home where it's poverty or a southern sector of the city. But that's not true. Human trafficking does not discriminate. It can come from a two-parent home. It can come from a home where the parents are rich. It all depends on what that what that person is offering that actual child. And so when we talk about human trafficking and domestic violence, they run parallel with one another. Hmm. And so we talk about a lot of times, how does this happen? Oh, this won't happen to me. Oh, it can't happen to me. I'm strong-minded. Well, a lot of people think that. But when you have that man, we call him the Romeo Mm Mhm. And he starts off being very nice, like most men in a domestic violence relationship. He starts off with these young girls, buying them things, showing them love, because in any relationship, what does a young person look for? Look for love. Affection, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then on top of that, I always sometimes ask parents, can you sit and talk to your child without any interruption? Hmm. A toxic thing. Can you actually sit down and allow your child to just speak freely without saying, hey, or but, but what happened? But this has happened? Well, wait a minute. Back up. Tell me this. He interrupted him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A doctor will sit there and allow your child to sit there and speak over until he learns everything about it. Because he wants to know everything about it. So he learns their vulnerability. He learns their home, their home dynamics, who their friends are, who not their friends, what's going on with their relationship with their siblings, if they have siblings. So he gets the ins and outs. So that's that psychological thing. Just like in a relationship when a guy meets a female or vice versa. He gets to learn their inside that, that inside of their vulnerability. So he prays on that. So they start praying on that inside, that psychological. So if it's love that you need, I'm going to show you infection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you all the affection that you need. 
I'm going to show you the love, the caring. Oh, you didn't have a lot of clothes growing up? Let's go in the shopping store. Oh, wait a minute. You got too much clothes. What you, <laughs> what you mean is you want that coach first? You can see that coach first. Hmm. Oh, but wait a minute. You got too much clothes. You don't have, we don't have a lot. So what about just a one-on-one conversation? You just need somebody to just listen to you. Yeah. Think about this. You like going to Bible study? Hmm. Let's sit down and read the Bible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you some scriptures. Mm-hmm. What's that for the Lord? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Lord says, honor thy mother and father. Right. A lot of kids like to run away. A lot of traffickers get their kids from running away. So guess what? What am I going to talk to you about? You shouldn't be running away. What are your parents going to think? Well, let me take care of you tonight. And tomorrow, let's talk about you going back home. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow hmm. never comes. Because the Bible says this. So the same thing about relationships. When a guy meets this, this this guy, or when a guy, when a girl meets, you know, a, a or a man meets a guy, well, they, you know, they love bringing God into a relationship. Hmm. Say that again. <laughs> they hmm. do. They they love to bring the word of God into a relationship. They think, if I talk about God, then they think I'm just this honest person. I'm very honest. I'm. I'm they're going to trust me, so guess what? That's a door that could give you to trust me. Hmm. So when I open up that door for that trust, then I say, well, you know what? I go to church every Sunday. I go to Bible study. So now that person says, what is it? You go to church? Hmm. Why is hmm. reason why I wouldn't trust you? Right? So that's that domestic violence. That's that road right there that they travel on. Well, when human trafficking, they do the same thing. So they, they earn the young girl's trust. Then, once they get that trust, then it, well, you know, you've been here a week, and um, the rent and I thought I had the rent money, but I came up short. So um, if you can do me this one favor, you know, I really appreciate it. You know, a friend of mine, uh, he's having this party, and I told him that we'll come, you know what I'm saying? And if you can just do me this one favor, um, go with me, and, you know, if they ask you to do some things, can you go ahead and do it for me? You might feel uncomfortable, but... Um, he told me if I bring you and you do a little, you know, a few things, he'll go ahead and pay, you know, pay this rent for it because, mm-hmm. you know, we might, you don't want to get kicked out of our place, do you? So guess what? Now you make her feel guilty mm-hmm. because you don't bought her clothes, 
So, so that's how they lure them in. That's what he, now you're putting on a psychological beat. Well, with domestic violence, same thing. That man, now he's telling you, well, I'm, I'm paying for this, this, and that. What you going to do for me? Or he started making you separate from your friends and family to make you depend on him. So that's one of the things about human trafficking and some of the myths that could be trafficked. You know, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I was really blown away because I didn't know anything about human trafficking. That was a term that was very new to me until we had that discussion and you began to start teaching us. And it hit me, like, human trafficking. I'm used to hearing that about overseas, and but we know the terminology of pimps and prostitution. And then, growing up, I'm a 70s kid, I thought a lot of the women that were on uh, on the streets uh, in prostitution, I thought that they went willfully. I thought that that's something that they wanted to do. That's what I thought growing up as a kid. You know, we would hear that it was this she on the streets or whatever. We didn't know the backstory. So as I began to start listening, start meeting some of them, especially saw working up there in the jails and uh, even before I started working in the jails, I was working at um, and just being around in the streets and being able to just listen to people. And a lot of them, they were on drugs. A lot of them come to find out it wasn't that they willfully wanted to do it. Some people, it was survival. And then getting the 411 about um, human trafficking. And, of course, we hear that word pimp, and we just think, okay, just one type of pimp. He's a, a bully, someone that's going to just automatically beat up on a young girl. And this thing, you know, we start hearing about the different types of pimps. Uh, we often think about the, the one that's forcefully, but we don't talk about that smooth the one that say, you know, blah, 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 you know. I'm like, oh, hmm. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to say this character because he's no longer with us, but you think about um, Rollo from Sanford and Son. That was a cool brother. <laughs> you know, uh, a huggy bear from uh, Starsky and Hutch. You know, that charisma, a lot of us growing up, we were drawn to that. But we never associated, not saying that they were pimps, but we never associated that type of character with pimping. So just learning, and of course, because we're working in the jails, we begin to know a little bit more the the background. We get the behind the scenes, not just from the pimps, but even from those that are out there uh, that, that are being sex slaves. We hear in them and you see, it's like you see in their eyes, and they look like a lost soul. You're like, 
Wow. And some of them, they may be grown adult women, but they are little kids. When you look in the eyes, they're like little kids, you know. So this is really uh, an informative thing for me, especially at the age that I'm at, and realizing that it can happen in anybody's family, in anybody's church. That's something that we don't talk about. It happens within the church too. <laughs> it's sad and sometimes it's we just naive to it. We just think well it just happened, you know, uh maybe in a cheap city or a low income city. But like you mentioned yesterday, it can not only happen in South Dallas but also in the rich where the money is, the rich areas. So this is this is really uh, blowing my mind about this, and we can't be naive to think that it'll never happen to my family member. It can never happen in my family because, you know, we, you know, they they know better. You know, uh, we we're not into that. You know, but you never know that person that might be your family, that person that might be your neighbor that you see smiling all the time, might be the main one that's being. Hooked by somebody that's not fit for them. Right. And see, a lot of times, we have a lot of runaways, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell my youth, you run away from something into something, and you might not be able to get out of it. You run away from whatever, whatever reason, whether you want to be grown and don't want to follow your parents' rules, whether you want to follow your friends at school because you feel like they get to do what they want to do and you only seeing that but you don't know what they really going through. You just see what mm-hmm. they look like. Or you want to run away just because you are going through something else. And so when you run away and you run into this man or this woman and they try to tell you this better life, then you think you are sitting on top of the world. Like I said, there's two types of pimps. You have the Romeo pimp, and you have the gorilla pimp. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, you're not, you know, it's going to be that Romeo pimp. Now, you might have that gorilla pimp who actually forces women to do things with violence. Now, those are the ones who they beat you, they do whatever it takes to get you under control. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time you don't do what they say, they're going to hit you outside your head and say, I mean business. That's to let you know, hey, don't do that again. If you do that again, then we're going to have some problems. Well, that's the same thing with domestic violence. They go ahead and show you they mean business, and then you're like, where did that come from? Now, we were just having a great time, and then you just snapped and hit me up top of my head for no reason. Well, the same thing with a gorilla pimp does. If you don't, each female every night has a quote. Mm-hmm. And that quota may be anywhere from 1200 to $2,500 a night. They don't care how you get it. As long as you get it, and it's going and whatever it takes 
you about to have that money by the end of the night. Whether it's a Romeo pimp or whether it's a gorilla pimp. Now, that gorilla pimp, if you don't have it, first thing he's going to do is, you know, you got some type of beating coming at the end of the night. With that Romeo pimp, he's probably going to come in and say, you know what? I understand you didn't get it right now, but guess what? He's going to grab you by the throat. He's going to look at you with some eyes, and he's going to say, you have until 11.58 to have my money. And he's going he to mean business by it. So a Romeo pimp may be Romeo, but he can't turn by and Like I said, those Romeo pimps, those are the ones they call my boyfriend. My boyfriend, you know, those are the ones that it's very hard for those girls to pray away from because those are the ones who use that psychological manipulation. Those are the ones who actually tell you, I love you, and then when they hit you upside the head, they say, oh, well, you made me upset. I didn't mean to. And so a lot of the times they make the young girl covenant is that. And so the pimp may say, daddy didn't mean to hit you like that. But daddy is upset with you right now because you didn't bring daddy his money. So then he started loving on you. So now he now he's using that psychological manipulation to make you feel like, oh, my God, I love you. Okay, what's well, the same thing with domestic violence? That man will hit you, and then the next day he's apologizing. He's telling you that he's sorry. He's telling you he don't know what happened, what got into him, and that please don't leave him. Give him another chance. Um, he won't do it no more. And then a week later, it happens again. Same thing. But then with these girls, with the Romeo pimp, they don't see that. They don't see that coming. So he goes out and buys them, hey, let's go on the shopping spree. So they feel like, oh, my God, he loves me. But guess what? You just made fifteen hundred dollars for him, and he only gave you thirty dollars to go to do a shopping spree. He done bought you just a pair of shorts and a shirt and some shoes. Probably only cost about thirty dollars, fifty at the most. And you feel like you're on top of the world, and he's stuck in his pocket with all the rest of the money. But you don't see that. The young girls, they don't. They just feel like, oh my God, I'm on top of the world. And so. That's another thing that we try to tell these young ladies that, hey, I understand that you're scared. I understand that you may feel like he's your boyfriend. And it's not easy. It's it's not easy to rescue a young girl from shopping. Um, one of the things I need to correct that I said yesterday is when I said that when a girl goes to court, nobody will believe them. What I was saying was that that pimp put it in their head that mm-hmm. nobody will believe. Right, it's right. It's not that the courts are not going to believe it because the advocate, the judge, the lawyer, I mean, the DA, oh, they believe what they have been mm-hmm. through. But that psychological manipulation, he has dug in their head because the first thing they teach these young girls when they have them, don't trust the police. Right. Give them a false name if you mm-hmm. stop. I don't know you. You don't know me. You don't know my address. 
whatever you done been through, we didn't do it. And if you give them any information about me, you will be sorry. So they mm-hmm. plant that in their head over and over and over. The DA was telling me about what a young girl, um, her trafficker made her do squats every time she didn't bring in the money that he had, he didn't meet her quota. So he would make her do squats every night as her punishment. And when she would want to stop, he would beat her until she got back up and did squats. So you can just imagine, here you got a 14-year-old girl leg like she's just a bodybuilder because that's what he made her do, form of punishment. Some people might say, oh, that's not punishment. Have you ever tried to do squats? And not stop. That's a form of punishment. That's a form of corporal punishment. Yeah. And so... These young girls, they feel on top of the world. Now, one of the things that I like what Miss Crystal did yesterday, she brought in mental health. Mm-hmm. One of the things, when it comes to human trafficking, a young girl may last seven years in the life. Span of seven years. One, they either commit suicide or they starve. Death, some type of disease, they pimp either kills them. So, if they survive the life, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's a really true blessing because it's hard. It's like domestic violence, trying to get out of domestic violence. Getting out of human trafficking is hard for these young girls. They have PTSD. Um, it takes seven tries before they finally get to leave. Come on, you might say, well, why does it take them seven times before they leave? Because it's a psychological bonus. It's called trauma. Some of them. Because if you were pimping me, and the only thing I know for the last couple of months is you and how you treated me, and you have playing in my head, don't trust the police, don't trust the DA. If I go back home, no one is going to actually treat me the way I was treated because now you're looking at the fact that kids, I'm sorry, but kids are horrible. They, they, they don't mean no, they don't, I don't think they mean harm by it, but when they find out, they don't understand what you've been through. So when, you, when a kid finds out you was they in their mind, oh, you're selling your body. Right. right. Can I buy you? Can I buy you for $5? But not knowing that you were forced out there. Not knowing that this man made you do it, you know? And then in some cultures, you're out. You're out. So you're not welcome back into the culture, even though it wasn't your own doing, but you're not right. welcome back. So a kid will do what? They go back to their parents. Because now you're not welcome by your family. You're not welcome by the society. So what do you do? You go back. Go back. So, and then your parents, they don't understand either that you've been through this traumatic. So now they won't, they won't let Amy back the way they wanted. You know, they won't let Amy back. You know what I'm saying? 
Innocent Amy. Right. So when Amy is not the same, you're trying to make Amy back to where she was at first. Amy's not going to be the same. She's not going to be, you know, she's not going to be the same. Then you bring drugs into the fact. Okay, well, what if he was feeding her this type of drug? Because this is one of the things that human trafficking do. They give them drugs to control them. Mm-hmm. So when you give them drugs to control them, now they don't actually have, I'm not going to say they have a, they have an addiction. So now you got an addiction to drugs. So now you're looking for this addiction. So when you go home, addiction, parents, family, people at school, you got all of these dynamics. What do I do? Who am I going to turn back to? Then it gets so grave to where you can't handle it. The pressure gets so grave to where now mental illness starts at you. Your brain is an overload. You can't take it. You can't. It's a pressure. So who do, who do you turn to? I can't turn to my family. I, I try to talk to my counselor. The counselor saying, "Well, it's gonna be okay. It's not that simple. Your brain is on overload. Your brain shuts down. So when your brain shuts down." Then you shut down. So now your only form is, okay, you know what? I can't process nothing. When I can't process nothing, my brain shut down. Now mental illness starts to set in. PTSD starts to set in. You no longer you. You no longer you. So it's a very hard, it's very, very hard. And people just really don't understand the ramifications of human trafficking. And that's the same thing with domestic violence and how the young ladies with domestic violence, how their brain just shuts down. Now, mm-hmm. I can tell a young lady all day long, don't go out there. This is bad for you. Well, what's the reason that you keep going back to this man? What's the reason, you know, I brought you in, I did everything I can for you. What's the reason you keep going back to him? Sometimes they just don't know. It's psychological. Their mind is processed to where this man, all, all they know is this man treated me good. Yeah. But not knowing, he done made almost $5,000 off of you, and you don't have money. I booked um, a young girl in, and I was talking to her. She was 17, he ran away. And I knew she was trusted. Because you are here selling your body and don't have money. And I say, well, where are your, where is your parents? My mom is in, you know, my mom is this place. Okay. So how did you get here? On the bus. How did you know to come here? Well, um, I was on Snapchat. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I met this guy from my friend, and he said that Dallas was popping. Popping for what? You 17. Pop, pop, what, what's popping in Dallas? You in school. What, what, what's popping? Now you want to go back home, but now you're in a facility. You've been out here on the street, but you on the street, and you with this person, this person, but you don't 
have any money. Is that what do you see what I'm getting up to? So like, well, no, because um, this person, you know, he gave me somewhere to stay. Gave somewhere to stay, same for her. And I can see in her mind, she wasn't grasping what I was saying. And so finally I said, so you've been doing all this for the last three, four weeks, and you have no money. Well, I gave it to, mm-hmm. okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. I said, so after you got through doing X, Y, Z, you had to give it to A, right? She's like, she sat there and she was like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you see what I'm telling you now? She was like, yes, ma'am. That's okay. It's time to go home. Do you think so? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so she she understood what I was saying, but I don't think that she was actually really understanding what I was saying. Because I can't just come out and just tell her to her. So I was trying to make it plain because I don't think that she really understood what she was actually being, what was being done to her. And a lot of kids do not understand. Yeah. They don't. You know, something else that caught my attention, a lot of them, they give them drugs, like you mentioned, they're being fed drugs, but they're they're very malnourished. And what people don't realize, when you're malnourished, you're depriving your brain of food nourishment. And when you're malnourished, it gets to your head. It's like they can really control your mind, your thinking, your thought process, all that. And the bad part about it, when you see them, they know fast food, but they don't know home-cooked meals, or they're being detached from home-cooked meals. You know, vitamin. you see them, you see them with to-go bag. They're sleep-deprived. When you're sleep-deprived, when you're malnourished, what happens? You don't begin to think. You don't begin to think rationally. You don't think, uh, um, you know, overall, you just begin to just being controlled or just make make impulsive decisions. And and the thing about it, parents, when you start seeing your child's academic decline, when you know they have a you have a straight A student and their academic starting to change or when they start when y'all they used to be open with you and now all of a sudden they don't want to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Or all of a sudden their mood starts changing. Or when you ask them a question, hey, you're supposed to be at home at 430. It's 6.30. And they have no explanation of where they've been. Or they had their cell phone and all of a sudden they got two cell phones. Mm-hmm. And you know you only bought one. Or all of a sudden, every time you come 
come into the room, they put their cell phone up or they don't want to see, they don't want you to see what they're doing. It's time to sit down and have a conversation. Or every time you they come home, they got something new. You know, you haven't voted. Or when they at school, and I tell the counselor, if you see a child and you know that dynamic of that child, and all of a sudden that dynamic of that child starts changing, mm-hmm. it's time to bring that child in and the parent and say, hey, is there something going on? Mm-hmm. Do we need to talk about it? You know, one of the signals that we have is not being able to sit down and talk about it. We don't want to share our feelings. We don't want to talk about nothing. But when there's something, when you see something, don't brush it off and say, well, you know, they just, that that's just Charlie. Charlie just, oh, that's just Charlie in one of his moves today. No, it's time to talk to Charlie. Because Charlie might be in trouble. Or Angel might be in trouble and you might not, don't want to recognize, don't be too busy not to sit down and know what's going on with your chat. Don't be too busy. You know, because right now, Dallas Fort Worth is number two. Because Texas is number two in the country. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it is because of our interstate. You got I 35, I 45, I 30. All that runs around Texas because it runs clean across Texas. I'm sorry, clean across Texas. Because it connects with I 10. I 10 runs straight across the United States. So that connects with a lot of trucks running in and out of Texas. So it's easy for someone to traffic someone easily without knowing, simply because they get on, they pick them up, they, they, move, they you know, right now the Tri-Cities is, for the state, is Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. And so what the traffickers are do, if Dallas is too hot, They'll move to Houston. If Houston's too hot, they'll move to San Antonio. They move within that tri-city, those three cities, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm telling you, it is a multi-billion dollar industry because it's a hidden society, plain site. Drug dealers, gangs, that's what they're going to now. Gang members, they do what is called gang initiation, and what they do is they traffic a young girl. That's gang initiation. If you want to be in a gang, that's that's your initiation. Drug dealers, the way they look at it, I can sell a female, one female, and not get busted versus going to sell these drugs and 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 the police see. I can go on pay to get a hotel, pay that clerk. $100 not to, to, not to close a blind eye, and I can have men running in at this hotel. Who run over now? I got a key. They in and out. I'm getting paid. I done made almost $1,000 in plain sight. Only way I'm going to get busted is if she say something or they run a scene. So see, now they're trying to run more scenes on these hotels. So I tell people, just because you see a female on the street, don't judge. That female might not be out there on her own militia. 
our own mm-hmm. reasons. You never know what a person may be going through. You don't know what that man has made her do. You don't know if she's in a domestic violence situation where that husband is telling her, you better get out there or I'm going to kill your, your child tonight. You don't know if that trafficker is holding her kids against her will. You don't know what she's going through. Don't always judge a person because they act up. Now, I'm not saying that every person actor don't want to be out there because you do have some people out there that want to be. Mm-hmm. But don't always judge. Just right. like in a strip club. Stripping is a form of human trafficking. Yes. People say, well, how is stripping? Because if you got a young girl up there underage, and you do, if they up there, you know you have to be a certain age to get a strip club, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you 15 and stripping? How are you 16 and stripping? Pornography is a big thing right now for human trafficking. But see, now you're taking these girls and you're making them take pictures now I'm going to say you over the internet. So we tell these girls, while you sending your pictures to these young boys, now they feel sell your pictures to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, it's something you know I said earlier. Trafficking is helping them in church now. Yeah. They don't want to believe it. Yeah. They don't want to believe it. Oh, no, it can't happen in the church. Oh, yes, it can happen in the church. Simply because mm-hmm. people don't think it happens in the church. But it does. There were three out of Ohio. Three prominent, big time ministers out of Ohio. They trafficked three young girls. One, two of them, I think, were 16 and one was 14. And one of them got life, I believe. And these three um, prominent pastors were trafficking these girls in at their church. And they actually was having sex with them as well. And what was so sad about it, one of the pastor's wife knew about it. And she got charged as well. What's starting to happen now with the in the church is that <clears throat> I'm going to bring you in for counseling, and I'm a counselor. And then I might say, well, it's just between you and I. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to know about it. Well, this young girl may be confused. It's the past. Nobody needs to know about it. So, <coughs> the logical manipulation, they start playing mm-hmm. that, they start playing that pastor world. Pastor world. So then you playing that psychological manipulation on these girls as far as what the Bible says, this and the Bible saying that. So now you mess with these young girls' minds. So now they feel like, I'm in the church. This is not supposed to happen. But you pray on them, and they think, well, the pastor says, I'm like, okay. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it is right. So now they mess up. Maybe now in their mind they... they Okay, well, okay. Okay, well, okay. Well, maybe this. Oh, oh. So now they don't know. They don't know. And when you say, well, no, it can't happen. Yes, it can. I have a page called Human Trafficking. Let's talk about it. I have several articles 
about pastors and human trafficking. And it's not that I'm I'm trying to harp on pastors or or anything like that, but I'm just saying human trafficking does not discriminate with nobody. It does not discriminate with anybody. It happens in where in Waco they busted lawyers, they busted police officers, mm-hmm. they busted um, teachers. They had this big drug bust where they arrested over forty people, and all of them were prominent people, and they had big names attached to. That was a man in Alabama who was a police officer. He was trafficking young girls. You're a police officer. You know that. What? What's the reason that you're trafficking young girls? You. They, you've been trained about this. So if you've been trained about trafficking, now here you are, a police officer. Now you're trafficking young girls. You know, I, I'm, it, it's, so now when that young girl say, I've been trafficked by a police officer, or I've been, I've been trafficked by a pastor, now you got to fight the world for them to believe. Right. Right, right. And then now they feel like that's that psychological manipulation goes. That yeah. psychological manipulation because now I gotta. Okay, I just told my mom, just like what any type, just like what abuse, any type of abuse. Now I'm telling my mom, my mom is sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. Now my mom is, you ain't nobody. That pastor ain't did nothing to you. Right. You're just making up stuff. Now, what have you done to that child? Pastor and Deacon that had sex with me, Pastor and Deacon had me having sex with these men, and they were getting paid. Mama, I just told you what has happened to me. Pastor and Deacon gave me a pill to take. They told me I'd be okay, and I started feeling woozy. Every time I go and see Pastor, he gave me this pill to take, and I feel woozy. I don't know what it is. Mama, Dad, something going on. But you, you, you don't you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are signs. Like I said, your child started withdrawing. Your child started not, or your, your child does the opposite. Your child started excelling more. Your, start, your child started doing extreme stuff like, being very competitive, you know, competitive, you know, doing things they normally don't do. Now they want to challenge everything. They want to do. They want to be powerful because guess what? They feel powerless over right. here. Right. So when you're feeling powerless, now you want to feel powerful over here. This industry with human trafficking is a billion dollar industry, and when it's a billion dollar industry. Everybody's trying to do what? Everybody want to get paid. And it's, it's sad, but, you know, that's why I decided when I learned about human trafficking years ago, I decided to get involved with the organization I'm in now called Traffic 911. And it's an organization that their main mission is to help young girls be advocated from human trafficking. Their their goal is our goal is to save these young girls from being trafficked. You know, with my experience in going into juvenile detention centers, 
going into the Runaway Center, I've learned so much about the different tricks and trades for human trafficking just by listening to these girls and learning how this young girl is dancing at a strip club in South Dallas at the age of 16. And her telling me, oh, well, when I get out of here, I'm going to make my money. Uh, oh, okay. Um, maybe that's, that's dangerous. But her mindset was, they can't do nothing to me. I'm on top. I'm on top dancing. Right. You have to be at the right. bottom. They can't touch me. So they have enrooted in her mind. That's, you know, that's not trafficking. I'm, I'm just dancing. But how are you dancing? They, she didn't, you know, she didn't grasp, you know, she didn't grasp it. Well, you know, it's it just attitude, you know what I'm saying? But you don't, you can't get upset with them. You just have to just love on them because they don't know. What they don't know is not their fault. And that's why it's so important if y'all don't hear nothing else. It is so important to seek counsel. You cannot do domestic violence by yourself. You cannot do mental health by yourself. You cannot do human trafficking by yourself because it will destroy you mentally. Because depression is strong. PTSD is very strong. You have to have somebody to talk this out with you to help guide you through the pain, through what's going on with you mentally, to help you, you know, depress, you know, navigate what's going on in your mind to tell you it's okay to be okay. It's okay to feel like, oh, my God, I just want to scream today. It's okay to feel like you don't have all the answers. It's okay. It's okay. But the thing about it, when you don't talk about it, then that's when it becomes a problem. When you turn your ear and say, no, human trafficking, not my family. Human trafficking, not over here. I did a presentation last year at a hospital. This lady walked up to me. She's like, you know, had you did this presentation Two years ago, I would tell you not in my house. Fortunately, I got firsthand for human trafficking in. She said, to this day, I can't get my daughter away from my away from her trafficking. She's like, now? She's like, she said she ran away at the age of 16? She's like, and I didn't get offended. And I don't think she, I don't think she understood what she said. She was like, we're not poor people. We don't we don't come from um, anything that's negative. She's like, we have it we have a good home. And I said, ma'am, that doesn't have anything to do with one or the other. I said, it was something that your daughter was missing. And I said, this trafficker said it to you don't have to be poor, rich. It's whatever he, her needs for he has. And that's what you have to understand. It's nothing that nobody actually really done. It's what she was seeking, and he saw her. It was then that she was like, why? 
She's like, well, now she's 18, and I wary because now she's of age. And so what do I do? Pray and try to get into him because at this time, she can be in the system mm-hmm. if she gets in trouble. And one of the things that, not to short, not to secure anybody, but when you are a frequent runaway, and police have you on record as being a frequent runaway. A trafficker will try to use that to their advantage. To try to lure you into doing things that you won't don't want to do. For example, there's a situation in Garland, I mean in Grand Terre, where there's a sixteen year old, a nineteen year old, and another eighteen year old. This mother is fighting for her daughter because she feels like her daughter was trafficked by these two men. Well, these two men robbed somebody. In the process, this man was killed. One of the men was killed. These traffickers have said, well, yeah, I did kill this man in the fight when we when we tried to rob one of the men. But guess what? It was all her. It was all her doing. She planned it. She executed the plan. She the one set up the plan. So now they're blaming this 16-year-old saying, well, she's the one who set up the date. She's the one who said, let's go and rob these two guys. She's the one who said, let's do this, let's do that. So now this young girl is in juvie facing the murder charge. And her mom is, my child was classic, you know, my child was this. But now she got to fight the system because now she got to fight these men, these traffickers who said, well, we were trafficking her. Will, will we be making a statement? Will we be actually saying, yeah, we admit to saying that she's going to have sex with these men, but we didn't, we wasn't trafficking her. See, they put their, sales out, they put their actual stuff out front first. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. traffickers would do that. Just like a domestic violence person would actually do that. They'll put their wives, girlfriends, or whatever, have them doing things, and then say, I didn't have a, you know, she grown. She had a mind of her own. But then you made her do that. What was you holding over her head? So, Human trafficking is very, it's very, very big. It's, it's hidden in plain sight. And with this pandemic right now, um, everybody's focus is on the pandemic. And so the traffickers are right now are having it because nobody's focus is on these young girls who are out there in the trenches, who are out there, you know, just doing whatever. And nobody's really, you know, thinking about, hey, they're not quiet. They're not quiet. You don't really see a lot of people hanging on the club. I mean, you don't really see a lot of men anymore hanging on the corners and trying to sell drugs. That's not their forte. They forte is that's that's the news. That's what's in it. And what's so even sadder is that 
we have young guys that's 16 and 17 trying to attack a little girl that's 12 and 13. Y'all yeah. get it. But psychologically, what they do in this time is very, very safe. So that's why I said these social media is the devil. <laughs> if you don't watch what your kids are doing, right, right. these traffickers are searching the website because these kids want to know. They want to have a thousand friends and don't know who mm-hmm. these people are. Mm-hmm. And that's what these people are doing. They'll, they'll befriend them. They'll get in a DM, tell them how pretty they are, how cute they are, all that. There's a new website called Munch. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. No. Learn, I'm telling you, you learn a lot of things kids. Monkey is a is a website that allows you to talk to anybody in the United States on video chat for five sec for I think ten seconds for free. And then if you want more, you have to pay for it. So the young girls were telling me a juvenile, yeah, you know, you have a lot of purpose at night to get on there. Why y'all on on monkey at night? Do y'all see how that can be bad for y'all? Yes, ma'am. So why y'all on this? Well, we just want to see what it's about. Okay, now y'all see what it's about, so what's the purpose of They can't tell. So it's a new app. It's a new way for traffickers to get their traffic. They have new apps, so the new app is how monkey. And that's another way, that's another form of social media to get their, to get their traffic. So it's it's big, and I encourage anybody to research human trafficking and find articles and research. And if you have any child that's pulling away from you or have friends because they have friends that would, you know, you want to go to a party tonight? Hmm. Traffickers pay other little kids to get kids to go to parties. And then when they get there, it's something totally different. And like I said yesterday, the movie that's called Eight Days, um, you can get off of Amazon. I I recommend that for any parent yes. to sit down Please. and yes. watch it with their child. Because Eight Days will teach you a lot about human trafficking. And it will surprise you because you're like, wow, okay. And, it was, and some of the films were based in Dallas. Some of the videos were based in Dallas. So that's all I have. I can go on and on and on. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to say two quick things and then we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But I do have to say you're so, so, so on point. And the main thing is manipulation. Well, one of the main things, manipulation. And also even when you're speaking about it in church, they would take scripture out of context. One of the Scripture they always try to use out of context. Well, you know, leave your mother and father. This is your new family. They will always try to make you get out of your foundation, pull you away from your family, pull you away from your familiar territories to establish a quote-unquote new life. So, and, and we could talk about it. 
because like like we said earlier, we see it at work. I was saying it a couple of, a couple of months ago, and I didn't want anybody to think that I was just saying something. And by all means, I am a minister. I am someone that goes to church. But one of the things we always say, I don't care if something don't seem right, feel right, or look like look right. I don't care if it's at a church. I don't care if it's at your job. I don't care if it's in your family. If something don't seem right, you need to investigate it. I don't care who it is. Investigate it. Don't turn a blind eye to things. Or don't assume, well, no, you need to inquire on some things. So many people, because of us working up there at the job, we see the pastors. We see the ministers coming in. And especially when they come in, they're in an abuse tank or um, sexual assault tank. They're registered as a sex offender, but we can't tell the public, you know. Right. So I had to bring that in. And also um, what people don't realize, when it comes down to the pimps or the johns, what they are called, they don't look at you as an individual. As an individual, as a human, they look at you as property. Property. Right. If you watch the people who may have certain tattoos on them, let's let you know who they belong to, who property they belong to. So right. I just had to bring that in. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things I want to let people know that um, there is a national hotline for human trafficking. If you feel mm-hmm. that you've been trafficked or you know someone that has been trafficked, you can always call the um, National Human Trafficking Hotline. Um, you can look it up, or it's 188-373-7888. Again, that's the National Human Trafficking Resource um, Center Hotline. If you feel like someone has been trafficked or you know someone that's been trafficked or if you've been trafficked yourself, and you know you're you're afraid or you don't want to tell anybody, call that hotline, and they will give you directions to go into. They will let you know what you need to do. Don't be afraid to not tell nobody. The the thing that you can do most to harm yourself is be quiet. That's the most harmful thing you can do to yourself is not seeing anything. If you're you know we all are afraid of something, but one of the things we don't want you to do. Like you said yesterday, I'd rather come to your wedding than come to your funeral. And that's real talk. That's real talk about that. And so I'd rather see anybody, I'd rather help anybody that needs help than sit back and say, not me, not today, oh, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow might not come to you. Or I help my child later. Later might not come for your child. Get your child some counseling. Get your child some help. Don't never lose sight of anybody. Don't never lose sight of someone that actually needs your help. They may give it. They might be asking for it strangely, or they might give you attitude. That that may be their way of crying out, saying, "I need help." Please help me. Pay attention to. Or easy, the, the smallest signs. Pay attention to it because they're crying out, and it's not always easy. 
Dealing with somebody going through anything is not going to be easy. Dealing with a human trafficking victim is not going to be easy. It's not because they have been through a lot. They are traumatized. They have this trauma bond with this this trafficker, and you can't tell them that you, the sky blue, now the sky red, now the sky is blue, now that sky red. So it's a way to do things, pray about it, and keep it moving. But don't force your beliefs onto them. Allow them to come to you in their way, their own way. But now, don't keep beating yourself if they can't, if they don't want to come, because they have to be willingly on their own. It's like a human trafficking victim. They have to be willingly on their own, because if they're not, if you try to make them, you're pushing them further away into that trafficking zone. It's like when, it's like a domestic violence person. They have to be willing to come towards you when they rest. You can't make them do nothing. Because when you try to force them, you're only pushing them closer to the actual person. I thank you for inviting me on your segment tonight. I hope that something was said or done to your audience that actually helped them with trafficking. If they need any questions or anything like that to be answered, they can always contact you and you can contact me. Yes, yes. Well, I thank you so, so much. And we're going to get ready to wrap up this episode. But before we get ready to end, we're going to ask just in case someone who may know someone that may be in traffic and, you know, you don't have to say their name out loud, but we're going to say a prayer for them. And also for your ministry, this is a ministry you are, changing lives, you are educating us at the same time. So just as much as you're pouring out information, love, we want to reciprocate that back to you. We thank you for your work. This young lady, I'm not just saying this because she's on the air. I can tell you from firsthand experience, the work that she puts in, the labor, and it's not just when she speaks out in public, but the private sessions that she has given to people. You know, it didn't hit me until today, but you even reached out to me when I was going through my situation, when I lost my sister. I totally forgot about it until today. And so I want to thank you. And I was reading the, I was reading the text message in the inbox and I was, I was like, wow, I have to, I don't know if I thanked her or not. So I want to thank you on behalf of myself, my family. I thank you so much for being there doing the loss of my sister. And thank you for what you're doing for so many other people. So for those that you know that may be going through a situation, no matter if it's domestic violence, no matter if it's human trafficking, it may be drug addiction, alcohol addiction, maybe a runaway, someone that you may know that you don't even know where they're at. You don't know where your loved one is. And it's not just the women that are going through it, but it's the guys. So whoever it is that you may know, it might be you. They might so happen to be on Facebook or Instagram or Periscope watching this video that may be going through something. I want to tell you, as long as God being God, there is a way out. There is help. We're not looking down upon you, but we want to lift you up. We want to help you. We want to be there to help you to be able to 
not only get off your feet, but for you to be able to be the young man, the young lady God called for you to be. So for those who can come in and pray at this time, we're going to pray for each and every person right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for this gathering on tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, to help each and every one, God, who may be a victim of human trafficking, a victim of domestic violence, a victim of abuse, a victim of any type of addiction. We come to you right now, God, ask you, God, to give them that desire, God, to seek you, God, to be helped, God, to be changed, God, to be healed, to be whole of any and everything that you did not design for them to be in, God. We speak in God for those who may be manipulated right now, God, but someone that may be evil, God. We speak in God against that tormented mind right now, against that that ideology thinking that they have to be dependent upon a man when they need to be certain and dependent upon you right now. In the name of Jesus. And so God, we thank you, Lord, for delivering them, for setting them free right now, God. And God, even those who may be having some type of addiction to God, take the taste of it out of their mouth right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything to stand, the devil stand for, we send it back to the pits of hell. In the name of Jesus, and we're speaking against every generational curse right now. In the name of Jesus, and we've been speaking, God, for even those who are the abusers, God, those that may be trying to pimp on human traffic, the women or even the boys right now. We speaking, God, that you touch their heart, God, give them a change of mind right now, God. Give them that desire to do the right thing right now, God. And, Lord, let them know, God, that they're involved in someone that's made in your image and likeness right now. In the name of Jesus, all souls are important to you, God, and also to important to others, God. And so, God, we thank you right now, God, for delivering and setting them free, God. And even speaking, God, even to Miss Craig right now, God, bless her in every area of her life right now, God. God, meet her needs and her desires right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you that you will bless her ministry, God. Help her, God. Let there be a, a larger audience, God. And God, we speak in God that you bring in the funds, God, that may be able to open up avenues, God, and doors, God, for her to be able to help rescue others right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I thank you so much for coming in and, and and ministering to us, educating us. Um, by all means, you know, you are a welcome guest. Matter of fact, we're going to give you the spiritual key to come in and, at any time. <laughs> Look, at you ain't even got to you ain't got to ring the doorbell or wipe your feet on the welcome mat. Just walk on in, you know. Walk on in. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so, so much. Well, my honor, and I thank each and everyone who tuned in. We're going to make sure to put in the link to uh, the telephone number to uh, human trafficking and also even to domestic violence. We will actually include uh, those two links on this episode, and we thank you all for coming in and watching our questions and uh suggestions and uh, comments. We thank you so much. We want to invite you next week. We will have Miss Crystal Floyd again. Uh, last week, the episode, uh, something happened with the audio, but we got it fixed now, and it's better. So 
Miss um, Crystal Floyd and her husband Derek will be on here next week, and so we want to ask you all, please, 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 be aware of your surroundings and be aware that may be someone who may be crying out for help. So we thank you, thank you so much for uh, listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast, and for those who uh, want any more information. Feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. I'm on Facebook, uh, Brother Prater. And also, you can go to my website at brotherprater.com where you can see uh, videos and daily devotions and upcoming events. So we thank each and every one who are tuning in. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart. God bless you and good night.